Jesus is the light of the world, isn't he? Years ago, when electricity was a new modern convenience, there was two families in particular who lived out on an old kind of farm road. It was the Johnson family and the McAllister family. And there was someone who went around door to door and said, knocked on the door and said, we are bringing electricity out here. Would you like to have electricity? And when the Johnsons heard this, their response was, of course, we would love to have power here. Sign us up. We'll take it. And then the McAllister family who lived just down the road a little ways, when the knock on the door for them came, their response was, oh, no, we're not doing that. Mrs. McAllister was certain that the devil had to live in those lines somehow. And she was like, we are not bringing electricity power over here into this house. It's not happening. Not for us. Time went on. The Johnson family received electricity. They received power. The McAllister family, they were holding out. They were not going to receive that power. And um, the Johnson family received electricity. They decided to throw a, a party. Invite family and friends, including the McAllisters, to come and enjoy and see for the very first time what it's like for a house to be lit up with power. Because everything at that point was just simply candlelit or kerosene lamps. So they threw a party and the McAllisters said, we're going to go. So they went to this party and they were eating the food. And at this point so far, everything was just simply candlelit. And they're munching on little goodies and drinking their drinks. And then Mr. McCall- or Mr. Johnson said to everyone, Okay, I'd like to have your attention. We are going to have the great reveal now. Are you ready? We are going to have all of the lights snuffed out. And we are going to turn on electricity power. The flip of a switch. And so there was a countdown, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, and everyone was together, 3, 2, 1, and the lights went on, and it lit up the whole house, and everyone, you could hear it together, everyone together was all just, ooh, ah, Ooh, and then it all of a sudden kind of went from that to these murmurs of, ooh, ooh, ooh. You see, all of a sudden the light was exposing all the cobwebs and all the dust that was around that, the candlelight never revealed before. And the Johnsons were extremely embarrassed, thinking, oh, dear, what have we ever done? And the McAllisters, as they left and went home, 
Mrs. McAllister said to Mr. McAllister, that's it, I told you, we will never be getting electricity in our house. Never will it happen. The problem is that the McAllisters had the same cobwebs. They had the same dust. It just wasn't being exposed by the light that the Johnsons had. Now the Johnsons, they were embarrassed, but they did something about it. And they went through and they said, we are going to clean this place up. And so the Johnsons did. The McAllisters continued to live in the darkness. We've been looking at Advent. Advent simply means arrival, means coming. You and I are living in this tension. Christ has come. His first Advent. And he will come again. His second Advent. And we live in this tension right now between the two Advents. Do you feel the tension? Do you sense it? As we lit these candles, which remind us that Christ came. There was great anticipation. Christ is going to come. We live in great anticipation right now. We were reminded with the very first week in the candle number one, the word was promise. Looking at the promises that were revealed through Scripture, there is the promise of a coming Messiah. He will come. These promises were made hundreds of years before the Messiah ever came and stepped foot here on this earth. The second week, we looked at the second Advent candle, and the word that we chose was the word hope. Remembering that we have the privilege of being one of God's chosen children. And because of that, we have great hope. Hope is not something, well, I hope it's going to happen. It is a certainty. Hope, in this case, is I know this is what's coming. God is going to make good his promise. And week number three, we looked at the word rejoice. And we focused on the joy that we as God's children can have, even in the midst of difficulty, even in the midst of that which does not make sense to us, we can have joy. And because we have joy, we are able to rejoice. And today, with the fourth one this morning, we looked at Emmanuel, which means God with us. God chose to reveal himself to us in flesh, taking on humanity. He became one of us. Tonight, we light the last and final candle. And this candle here is white, and it is white for a reason, it is symbolic of Jesus. Jesus 
who is the light of the world. He is the light that shines in the midst of darkness. That's Jesus. He has revealed his light to us this evening. I'd like to look just very briefly at a passage of scripture. You're welcome to turn there or you're welcome to just simply listen. It's found in the book of John, John chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 1 through 9 and then verse 12. It says this, John 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. The word is Jesus Christ. Jesus is God. And Jesus was with God the very beginning. He has always been. He is here. Verse 3. Through him, through the word, through Jesus Christ, all things were made. Do you realize that? Our very existence is here because of the word, because of Jesus Christ. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In Jesus was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Stop there really quick. The light shines in the darkness. Jesus, the light of the world, shines in the midst of the darkness. This is a dark world. Does it ever bother you? Does it ever confuse you? Does it cause you to scratch your head and say, I don't know what's going on. This world is crazy. 2017, as we look over the past few months, just look at some of the things that have happened. When I look at it, I think about hurricanes, earthquakes, tsunamis. I think of ISIS. I think of hatred. I think of relational heartbreak. I think of depression. I think of loss, etc., etc., etc. This is a dark place. The world that we live in, it's a dark place. Jesus chose in the midst of the darkness to invade the darkness with his light. He is the light. He invaded this world for a purpose. He is here. He is the light. And the darkness that we are confronted with in our society ought to point us to the light. It ought to draw us to the light. Verse 6, there came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. That's John the Baptist. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all men and women might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, the true light that gives light to every man and woman was coming into the world. The true light, 
the true light, Jesus, has come into the world. Incarnation, God choosing to make his dwelling among us has come to live here. The true light has come so that we might see the light, know the light in the midst of darkness, understand the light, be drawn to the light to do something. Can I say this? Don't be afraid of the light. Do not fear the light. Light can be uncomfortable. Like in the story, it exposes who we are. There can be a sense of guilt or shame. I don't like it. It exposes who I am. It exposes the truth. I don't like it. Don't run from that. Because to run from that is to just continue on, never making any kind of change, never addressing the cobwebs, never addressing the dust, never doing anything with the place. Don't run from the light. Verse 12, to all. That is an open invitation. To all, to anyone, to all who received him. That's Jesus, the light. To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children of God. That's what we have the privilege to be God's children. I read this morning. From Galatians, we don't have to be a slave. A slave to the darkness, a slave to sin. I don't have to be mastered by that which controls this world. I have a new master. I can be an heir, a son, a daughter of God. I have that privilege because I know the light, because I know Jesus, because I have a relationship with him. Do you have that relationship? With the light. When we are confronted with the light, we tend to do one of four things. One, we ignore it. We are confronted with the truth of the light and we just ignore it. It's not me, it's not for me. Don't really care about it. We ignore it. Just shrug it off. Two, we deny it. Our fists get clenched. At least the fists of our heart. We grow stubborn. We just try to resist it. God, that's not me. That's not the truth of who I am. Uh Uh-uh. We deny it. Third way that we deal with it, we mask it. I think as religious people, we can be especially good at this. We pretend to be that which we are not. 
We pretend that we've got it all together. I'm okay. When deep down we know I'm not okay. I don't like who I am. I wish I was something different. I don't like how sin has gripped me. But I go. And in society I act as though I'm okay. I mask it. These three ways are unhealthy. The fourth way is what I strive for, what I desire, and it's what I desire for you. The fourth thing that we do when we are confronted with the truth of who we are because of who Jesus is, the light, we confess it. We confess it. We acknowledge the truth of who I am. God, this is who I am. This is the truth of who you are. And I am looking to you, God, because I need your forgiveness, which comes through your son. And you are offering that to me. And so I come to you and I confess it. I confess it. Where are you at? Where have you been? Ignoring, denying, masking, or confessing? I trust that you have a heart that comes to God confessing the truth of who he is, the truth of who you are, who you know yourself to be, and finding in that that there is great forgiveness. There is great forgiveness. That is why he has come. That is why we celebrate Christmas. I love Christmas. Because Jesus has come. It's a message. Yes, the light can make us feel uncomfortable, but it's a great message of hope. Because for the world, salvation is offered to each and every one of us. And I trust this Christmas that you know that truth. I trust that you have a relationship with the one who offers the truth, who is the truth, who is the way, the truth, and the life. Life found through Jesus. God with us. Father, I thank you so much. I thank you for the truth of who you are. Father, May we not run from light. May we not ignore it. May we not deny it or mask it. But when we are confronted with the truth that Jesus reveals about us, may we be careful to confess it, to acknowledge, to acknowledge our sin, and to find the forgiveness that you bring. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.